cup coffee in here, please. You're listening to the Hoffy Coffee Cast with Reese Bolton and Reese Jones. Come on, get some coffee. Want some coffee? Okay, this guy needs coffee and cooler stack. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top of the Cover Cast, where we talk everything film, TV, video games and conspiracy theories. I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And today we thought of doing something special in the run-up to House of the Dragon. So um, as the kind of knowledgeable Game of Thrones uh, fans we are, we thought we'd kind of do a bit of like a, a prelude to the actual show and covering really the... Uh, obviously the events of that lead to the dance dragons that are obviously depicted in um george r, r. martin's uh targaryen history book fire and blood so this would be a bit of a, like a spoiler um review well, not a review sorry it was like a spoiler episode so if you don't want any know anything about what's gonna have gonna be portrayed in the dance of dragons this new show uh don't watch this episode <laughs> watch it afterwards when you finish the when you finish the whole 10 episodes um but yeah um and also we've got some news today as well so uh um uh, do we do oh yeah we did do intros didn't we why my why my mind went blank <laughs> um so uh you can find us on instagram instagram.com slash uh, Twitter at the Hobby Coffee Cast and Facebook at the Hobby Coffee Cast. You can also email us at well, the Cast at gmail.com. Uh, like, share, follow, and all of you if you enjoyed this episode. And we are on, uh, you can watch this uh, podcast episode on multiple platforms that are in um, our link tree, such as uh, Spotify, uh, Anchor, um, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Google Podcasts, etc. Cool. Et um so yeah um yeah go let's go straight in to talk about uh some news so uh so let's you... get right into, into the, the news, news. Uh um, keen is he, is he like bad now for youtube or is he no still... I, th- I think he's still going on oh my god he's still got that like gnome beard as well oh yeah. god <laughs> god damn it why did i bring keemstar into it jesus you thought you brought right here into the news it's uh <laughs> What's well, like, um, I you know, like the first thing I'd like to talk about really with like news is, um, you know, I, I I like sort of like the John Hughes sort of like eighties yeah, stuff, yeah. and like um, like you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is like still very iconic, and I wouldn't say it's like a cult classic, but it's it's definitely like, like very um, iconic of the eighties, and they're making it's a thing for Paramount a. Was it a film or series about the valets that uh, make the car in the film? I don't really see why they're doing it, but I off. mean, yeah. Um, so we're taking oh, so according, so this is from IGN. So Fez is back in a Sam and Victor's day off. So Sam and Victor were the ones that stole, um, oh, what's Ferris's friend called? Cameron. Cameron's car, like his dad's car. So yeah. it. If you it's don't like know, a Ferrari, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's the part where literally it's like a it's a Star Wars theme plane, and they're like driving <laughs> yeah. off over the hill and stuff like that. And they come back, and you know they realize why is there no gas left in this in this car? Well, the like, um 
the the miles the, the, the miles, miles oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so um so yeah so this i mean is this a comedy is like, yeah i mean like nothing's like sort of come out yet i don't know about no. the sort of casting whether they can have those like because i mean those two valets were like kind of like unknown actors when they i don't yeah. really recognize them but um like when i sort of saw that news i was i got like instantly the sort of um have you heard of that sort of like um spin-off from like the big lebowski about um john Totoro's oh, the, character the, G- the jesus guy yeah guy. i i instantly got like the same sort of like feeling as that i was like oh this is a bad idea you know, also, I got a bad uh, also, about this. But also, that film like came out like what, like twenty years after the Big Lebowski. Exactly. And it's it's yeah. like one of those sequels that people were like, okay, we don't really care about this yeah. film now. Well, and but I it's like, like I, do you know, like when was um, Ferris Bueller? Like 84, 85, something like that. I you think know, it was eight, 86, I think. Eighty six, yeah. right? So like that long ago, yeah. right? the the fans of this are going to be like people who love like 80s nostalgia and the actual sort of fans at the time who have like aged and maybe they've forgotten about it or like they look at it with like rose tinted glasses who are they actually appealing to because they're going to have to sort of distance themselves from that film to establish themselves like you know on their own two feet but but also why would you oh by the way this is going to be quick this is called sam and victor's day off so original original and it's gonna be cr- why, it's- why didn't you just call it bogus journey man bogus journey you know, man i'm actually wearing my wild stallion shirt whilst <laughs> so that i needed to make a bill and ted reference in there and it's 80s i guess but i mean what what, what do you say their names are uh sam and victor sam and victor so okay, this sure is be- go on then <laughs> so this is gonna be created by john Hurwitz, hayden sosberg and josh held who created cobra kai yeah, yeah, uh, they've but done a really good job at that. Why don't you yeah. feeling this is? Uh, this seems like a really just pointless film because and... they're, they're making the eighty cinematic universe. They're gonna get the crossover event eventually, where you know, um, Ferris Bueller's gonna sacrifice himself with the Infinity Stones. Why does I feel like this is like this is like the spin off of American Pie to the American Pie films? Uh, I don't know why. Nice. Like they never, they're out. never great, but. I mean, yeah. if you just want something like a bad comedy to laugh at part of time, then it's it's, it's good. But I, this... I think that's that is a very succinct analysis yeah. of <laughs> yeah. I mean, but... you know, like how people always use Cobra Kai as a case study of how to um, how to you know reestablish and re- create a resurgence of like an existing property, like you know, yeah. Karate Kid, but for uh, existing pre-existing fans that they love, and also to create new characters to bring in a new fan base. You know, Cobra Kai is, I think, the best example of that. Uh, there are others. You know, I shan't name any names, but they've done that very unsuccessfully. But if they, you know, go into this film uh, with the same sort of attitude as you know Cobra Kai, I mean, why not? I guess you know. This is going to have like loads of references, like the the Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So this is going to take place during the original movie. Oh, right. Oh, okay. I I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is what those valets are doing now, but they're like old old guys. This is going to be exploring the the, during the film. So oh, so it's going to it's going to start with them stealing the car. Yeah. Oh 
Okay, right. Okay, okay. Now I'm on board actually because that's what you kind of imagine. Like, oh yeah, what what did they get up to? That's actually yeah, pretty how, fun. How can you make this into an hour and a half film? I, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 it's pretty. It's pretty blank slate though. They can do anything. Oh god, I I could just see them run into like a like drug like a drug yeah, thing or something anything. like that. Because yeah. I'm sure, like, um, I I I haven't seen Ferris Bueller's in a while uh, now, but. I'm sure, like the the miles on like the car were like a few hundred smod miles. I'm just, or am I talking absolute brown? I can't remember having mile, the miles that were used in that film. Yeah, I uh, mean in the film. I, I mean, there's not much really you can talk about it. Really, no, like, no, no. It sounds like a cool idea, actually. If it's based, you know, in I, the eighties, I'm a bit kind of like okay, this. I, I'm a bit kind of like I don't really want to see this, but if it manages to surprise me. You know, I mean, nobody wants to see Top Gun Maverick, and it came out to be one of the best films of the year. Hmm. So who knows? Maybe, maybe this film will come out and be, you know, make a couple billion dollars, be better than Fast Bueller's Day Off, and you know, yeah, the best picture. Yeah, God's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sake. Um, also about that. Actually, talk about uh, Top Gun Maverick. It's, it's taken over Avengers Infinity War as a six, six, second, six highest grossing domestic film ever. No way. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I, uh, think, I think I should. Yeah. It's going to be on Paramount Plus um, okay. soon anyway. Right. So, uh, but it, it's actually brilliant. It's such a brilliant film. But they, they literally left, they put it in cinemas for like, it's been in cinemas like three months now. Yeah. It's like been in for a while, but it's still mm. making a lot of money. Nice. Um, what else is uh, in the news? Oh, yeah. So going on to something else. This is actually something that I'm actually looking forward to seeing. This is uh, Bob Dan- De Niro is going to start opposite himself in a gangster drama uh, called Wise Guys and Warner Brothers. Now, I know Wise Guys or the guy. Was it what? The, the book that Good, Good Fairs is based on. Is it called Wise Guys or Wise Guy? I think it's. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I I didn't know that it was based off a book. I thought it was like an original. Yeah. You, no. No. It's based on a book. Um, it's Wise Guy by Nicholas Pileggi, and he went on to uh write um, uh he he's done a bunch of he's done a bunch of I think he did Casino as well. Um, yeah. the book I think he wrote the, the script for Casino. Um, he's actually been like uh, he. Yeah, oh, you're a wise guy here. So let me look at uh, Nicholas Pelegi. So, yeah, he's done quite a lot of stuff. Um, he was second producer on The Irishman. Yeah, he he was uh, he was second producer on American Gangster. He was co creator of Vegas, which is follows the mob in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. and I mean, so, the, so he's playing twins, then I'm guessing, isn't he? Yeah, playing yeah. two characters opposite each other. Yeah, um. And it's probably yeah, going to be like a, a gangster flick, Ooh, I guess. Bar- Barry Levinson's directing this. And w- oh. what has he done? Uh, Rain Man. Oh no way! Okay. Yeah, he he's done yeah. um, he's done a lot yeah. of stuff. Like I, I, I really I like Rain Man actually. Um, and he's done he has done um some crime gangster films before because uh, I remember mean, yeah. did Bugsy. Um. Ah uh, yeah. That was about. Uh, is that Bugsy like the one? Seagal. Is it the musical? Is it the musical? It's the uh, no. It's Bugs. It's it follows Bugsy Seagal. Oh, right. Is that a musical? 
I'm thinking of the one where like all of them are kids, and instead of like shooting guns, they throw pies at each other. I can't remember that. Yeah, uh, that's like that's like, and again like that's like a classic sort of like film. Um, he's also he's also um, uh, directed Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Bandit. So, so he's probably going to go into it with like this dark sort of sense of humor, then, isn't he? Yeah, like, uh, black, yeah. Bl- um, black comedy sort of like uh, thing. Yeah, that'd be yeah. interesting, actually. No, I, 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 I really want to see like um, I, I'm not really like I've never really like um liked Robert De Niro's like more comedic roles, like yeah, the the Fockers sort of like <laughs> stuff. I've yeah. always preferred him as you know like the serious sort of like roles. You know, like, look at him in like The Irishman; he's still got it. You know. So let's let's see that. I think so. This is going to follow Italian American crime boss Vito Guinevese and Frank Costello, who was one of the characters in The Irishman. Um, I think what was his name? Harvey Keitel. I think played played him in the The Irishman. Um, so these guys ran their suspected families to the 20th century. In 1957, Genovese tried and failed to assassinate Costello, which who was ultimately injured and attempted to retire from the Mafia. De Niro expected to betray both uh, Genovese and Costello. That's going to be interesting. That's, um, that's a very interesting choice. So I was talking about Nicholas Pileggi. So he's going to pen the script, the screenplay. Um, and it's going to be produced by Erwin er- Winkler, who obviously is a producer on Rocky and Goodfellas. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So anything Robert Downey Jr. gangster, you know, he's he's one of the best gangsters. Robert De Niro, you mean? Robert, yeah. what did I said, say? Uh, you said R- RDJ. Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. <laughs> did I say it? Robert De Niro? <laughs> uh, I do apologise. Robert De Niro. Um, you know, he. I think he's one of the best gangster actors of his generation. I think yeah. ever in cinema, like he's always played so many, so much gangster roles. Um, like Gothar Part Two, Casino, Mean Streets, uh, yeah, the, the, the Irishman, yeah. and uh, I think this is going to be his next film after Killers of the Flower Moon, which I can't wait to watch. That's the next Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. I think we talked about it before, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to this. Um, hopefully, we'll get a really good cast for this as well. Uh, but like uh, the idea of like the kind of the the gangster genre, it's always changing, isn't it? And people like yeah. you always like going back to kind of the the Italian American mafia, like New York in the fifties, post war, or even like the Prohibition um, stuff like that, or even just like gangsters in other places such as Chicago, Vegas, Miami. It's like people are obviously really. Obviously, people like going back to to the past, yeah. And I mean, like the the, the Italian American, well, the mafia is one of the biggest kind of like. It is an example of kind of like the kind of growth of America, of uh, like how how yeah. like how like that's what people said when make... yeah, like The Godfather was released. Yeah, it? yeah, it's like yeah. A, a tale about the American dream, and you know, like yeah. The... You know, it's the good and the bad, isn't it? Of, of it's kind a, of a romanticized stuff as well to it. But, yeah, well, yeah, but it's, 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 a, it's a drama. It's an epic drama. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, a lot of different genres in Hollywood have been romanticized, like you know, like yeah. I mean, since you know, since um, it, story's been put the screen, mm. it's always been romanticized. 
Yeah. Actually, even before then, you know, literature has always sought to grandiose, you know, stories. You know, the, the, the saying, isn't it? Like, not, not necessarily that I agree with it, but, you know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I find it weird. It? When people say something's being romanticized, I keep feeling yeah. it's like a negative. It's a criticism of that piece of um, work. I mean, I, I, I believe only recently it's become more of a pejorative. Okay. I think classically... It, it's been um, referred to as, you know, yeah, making something um, maybe not melodramatic, but um, very, you know, grandiose and mm. over, not over the top, but, you know, very uh, dramatic. Yeah. You know, like, ve- you know, high sorrows and high, like, passions and high glory. You know, it, you know, it was like celebrating or or lamenting certain like ev- events in history or like stories and characters that they need to tell. It's you know, I think it's just a, an evolution of cinema, really. I, yeah, I think people do appreciate like still like a romanticized version of um, stories. Like c- case in point, uh, the Green Knight is definitely romanticized. It's it's more critical of the initial sort of legend but it's definitely romanticized but then it's also based on a medieval romance yeah so exactly. yeah um and when i say medieval romance i don't really mean actual medieval romance it's uh it's a long it's, it's basically a bunch of uh literature that came out about basically well they romanticized king arthur during the norman period in yeah. um in, in britain em- embellishment isn't it embellishment you know, yeah that's it, it yeah it's it's yeah like <laughs> If we were to truly, you know, let's say King Arthur did exist, I, you know, he wasn't, you know, um, in a castle with his round table surrounded by like the knights. He was probably in a mud hut in the middle of Britain fighting yeah. against Roman soldiers. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah as, as I said, if he existed, but like, I do love never let the truth get in the way of a good. Story. I do love our, t- our tangents. We go from like. Yeah, King Arthur. This, like... this started on yeah, Robert. Oh, okay. No, we're just setting up for our game. Of, uh, House yes, I can talk. Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're, we're subconsciously just so eager to get into House of the Dragon. Um, oh, right. hot, hot D. Should we actually we, we've got to refer to it as Hot D now. Hot D now. Yeah, hot. No, Hot D because H O T D, isn't it? H odd. Nah, Hot D. Actually, that yeah. <laughs> doesn't work well. I don't know. I. I um, should we actually, actually should we jump into that? Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, wrap up, wise guys. I'm looking forward to it. I will watch it. I think it's gonna be good. Um, to go, let's go straight on to talk about House of Dragon prelude. So, uh-huh. talk about actually, I want to talk about this show a little bit. Okay, um, I don't know, I kind of think I much prefer they call this Fire and Blood. I feel like it's a yeah. better title. Yeah. Like Game um, of Thrones, Fire and Blood. Like I, I, I don't think by naming it House of the Dragon, they've done anything to sort of limit themselves because they could still do like different periods of like um, oh yeah yeah of uh, history, couldn't they? It's but just you, set around the House of the Dragon, you know. Yeah, but but you could you could do the same thing with Fire and Blood, can't you? Yeah, at least yeah. with Fire and Blood, you know it's about the Targaryens. Yeah. Um. But maybe, maybe they were thinking something like. Game of Thrones, so they wanted something which sounded quite similar, like the cadence. Yeah. Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Fire and Blood is, it sounds, Fire and Blood, it's quite more, it's more monosyllabic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But um, well, then again, Game of Thrones is monosyllabic, so I'm talking absolute rubbish. But um, no, no I, I agree. I think it should have been um, Fire and Blood. 
But um, I, th- I think that's immaterial now, though, because yeah. um, I was quite apprehensive, you know, because they're, they're essentially like basing this story off a history book, which the author of Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin, he did as like literally, oh, yeah, you wanted to do his own version of like the Silmarillion. So he, he um, jokingly, he calls it the G.R.R. Marillion. Yeah, it's um, it it doesn't read as well as it, is like other sort of books. It it's does. Not prose. It's, it's it's history. It's a history, and I feel yeah. like the Silmarillion at least like it's a bit more detailed with stuff. Um, yeah, because I was I was reading up about um, some of like some of the stuff the House of Dragon, and apparently like there's a scene in like the first episode that's like 15 minutes long that is based on four words in like in yeah in like um, the book so well, uh, i mean of, you, I know. you know it's like any sort of like let, let's look at this right as um historians sorry uh tv execs have approached approached historians i can't even talk to write scripts and what would have happened from these like historical documents of the War of the Roses? Yeah. So, you know, like these different, like very dry, like historical documents that you need to breathe life into it, or you need to, you know, paint it with fire and blood. And I mean, I'm quite happy with like the involvement of George R. R. Martin in this because, you know, the Game of Thrones show did go very bad towards the end because one, it went off his writing, and two, he took a step back. He did, he wasn't that involved, like um, on the sort of producing and creative side of it. Mm-hmm. But in this, he's more um, he's more uh involved. Um, I mean, let's look at the sort of like the cast. It looks fantastic. What we've seen of like you know previews and like trailers, it looks great. Um. I, I sort of know what's going to happen, and 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 you know sort of like the outcome as well. But um, yeah. to the you know to the the um, common audience, I don't think they'll sort of you know nothing's been sort of like revealed yet. They've sort of set the stage, and they like this character, this character, and they're going to fight eventually. Because yeah. I've I've seen like we've seen the trailers, we've seen the previews, and you know the TV spots and stuff. And I'm trying to think about like is this because obviously. They haven't announced a second. Well, I I think they they're working on a second se- season, yeah. Yeah, but it really hasn't been announced that they're doing a second season, yeah. So I think a lot of it is coming come come down to how successful this first season is. But I don't know how much of the actual Dance Dragons event is going to be depicted in this first se- season because it's such a big big event that mm. it might. The, you can't do it in the ten episodes. Um, I, I think it's going to be a couple of one or two seasons, I reckon, or in three seasons. Yeah. Um, and then they can go on to do other stuff as well, which I'll look forward to doing as well. Yeah. Um, which I look forward to seeing as well. But like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you've got to set up here yeah, yeah. the backstory to all these characters. The background to the events that lead up to the Dance of Dragons, and you got to basically incorporate all the Dance of Dragons, the whole the whole like events in once in ten episodes. It, I don't see it happening. Unless they yeah, really well, I mean, this is this stuff. is purely like yeah. the setup. I mean, yeah, and 
it's going to be quite eventful because they are like other sort of events in the the dance, you know, the historical event. You know, like these different things, like these different like wars that were going on at the same time, and like other parts of Westeros, which isn't really explored in Fire and Blood itself. But I mean, the show is naturally going to get involved. Um, you were, you were saying that like George R. R. Martin was very involved in this, yeah. yeah. And I think part the reason why part was because they were like, yeah, you have to be part of this because you've given us like we're baiting ten episodes of this kind of small book. So yeah, I think you need to have like his insight insights. to busy explain yeah. some stuff, otherwise yeah. it would just become like a paint by numbers. Yeah. So let's um sort of like dive into the sort of like the state of Westeros. What has happened so far in its history? Um, because I think to those you know the, the uninitiated, they sort of see Game of Thrones, and th- this now is two hundred years before. Um, the first thing we see in Game of Thrones. So it would be quite jarring, I think, you know, these, you know, very familiar houses, but there's other ones, you know, which were more prevalent at the time. Uh, case in point, you know, House Valarian, uh, House Hightower, they, you know, these different houses from different areas, which have more influence. Um, so this, I, th- I think the story will start around pushing... Go hundred all years. the way back to Aegon's conquest, and then go. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, we can do a bit kind of intro of like how Targaryens really got into power. But then, okay, uh, yeah. We... Well, I mean, Aegon Targaryen conquered Westeros with his uh, sister wives, his two um, mm. sisters, who were also his wives. Um, they established the kingdom of the the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros, and Aegon crowned himself the first ever Targaryen king. So he established this rule by fire and blood that, you know, all of these former kings and lords now are subject to this uh, Valyrian man. You know, and, and they they said that they were above the rest. These Valyrians were almost um, like demigod level in, in their eyes. Um, so nearly 100 years have passed. There's been some trouble, but on the, on the whole, there hasn't been a major battle, you know, within House Targaryen itself. It's always been quite small scale. The, you know, heirs will die, so then others will take over. So it was quite peaceful transitions with some minor exceptions. But now uh, there's been a very successful king called Jaehaerys, called the Conciliator, because he's a very, he's meant to be very wise and very uh, reasonable king. He has brought in the golden age of Targaryen uh, rule. He has established unprecedented peace, wealth, and prosperity in the kingdom. And now, House Targaryen is the largest it's ever been. There's many, many members of the house, and there's never been so many dragons in Westeros. There's, um, I forget, there must be something around like 40 dragons. Obviously, most of them aren't large enough to fly, but this is, you know, huge. Just think about how important it was that Daenerys in Game of Thrones had three. So at this point, a lot of the Targaryen uh, princes and princesses can ride dragons. And no one's going to go up against them because fire and blood will will, uh, will come about. But um, oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, let me know I'm... if I'm boring you. But no, um, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, we're talking yeah. about this. no one's boring anybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> was, no, no. There was some dispute about who will inherit the throne after Jaehaerys dies. So he creates this big council, the the Great Council of 101. And 
it's established that um, Viserys, so his, I think it's his, his grandson, his will inherit. Grandson, yeah. And um, this elder cousin of Viserys called Rhaenys was passed over on account of her being female. And this will cause problems down the line. You know, uh, everybody disliked that. Because now, House Valerion, um, the Lord, is married to Rhaenys. And obviously, he saw prospects of being like married to this the Queen of Westeros. But now, they've been passed over. So that pissed them off. Now, it's, it's, um, it's ruled that Viserys will take over when Jaehaerys dies. And then, he does die. Viserys is meant to be, he's not a wise man, but he's very friendly and he's a, he's a good man, but he's not, you know, there's no iron in his blood. Yeah, he's no. very, he likes to please, he, he, he likes to keep people on side and he doesn't like trouble. His I, younger uh, brother is the opposite. Damon, people call him the rogue prince because he is, I keep, I keep on like saying, I like to say that he is, Jamie Lannister, if he was a Targaryen, and he f- he flies um, Caraxes, this, uh, this red dragon, and he is, he believes that he is his brother's heir, and it doesn't help that of all um, when uh, Viserys marries and he has kids, the only child that survives to adulthood is a daughter, so Damon is convinced that he's the heir. You know, he is the heir presumptive to his yeah, brother. Yeah. Because um, you know they um, they passed over Rhaenys, so naturally you'd pass over. Th- that the, the the idea is that you'll pass over a female child in favor of the brother, because the brother's male. Well, well, also um, basically, like if we go back to Viserys, yeah. Yes. He had three children with his first wife, uh, and there were. And there were uh, Aaron, Aaron, yeah. Aaron, and you know, like the Aaron's with the we um, the Aaron, the Aaron's where they are and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but only one survived, and that was Princess uh, Rhaenyra. She survived yeah. out adulthood, but all the sons, none of the other children survived, and he left a son. So yes. knowing that he won't be able to have any more children, Viserys basically groomed Rhaenyra to yeah. be his next heir. Yeah. Well, he he even brought in all of the great lords of Westeros to pledge their fealty to Rhaenyra when she takes the throne. Yeah. So this is a big thing. They make a big sort of song and dance about it. And all it does is sort of like, so like a little bit more doubt into Damon, you know, thinking that, you know, well, they can say all this, but when push comes to shove, people will follow me because I'm male. Yeah. You know, Um, not that he doesn't love Rhaenyra. There's, they they do like each other, but he he just thinks that he will inherit, you know. Um, and it doesn't help then that uh, Viserys his wife dies, and the lords, you know, he he um has his, his hand of the king is a man called Otto Hightower, very um important man. He's very um manipulative and very scheming and very intelligent. He proposes that the king marry, and naturally, he proposes that the king marries his daughter. So Otto proposes that his daughter marries the king, and he agrees. And I think this is going to be explored in the show. 
that you know maybe like Otto like strong armed him into it because he's a, he's a very belligerent man. Um, so you know thinking as well that they need a melee and and it, it would be great for Otto, you know that his daughter was become the queen so that in the future he would be grandfather to kings. Yeah, and so I mean that is uh, the, he's like Tywin because Tywin wanted Cersei to marry um, uh, Prince Rhaegar, you know. And then, obviously, he uh, he had Cersei to marry King Robert instead. He's a very very similar sort of like um, character. Otto and uh, Tywin Lannister are very similar. Yeah, and um, so yeah, so so um, that you basically like summed up quite quite well there actually with that. And also, there's this huge kind of like kind of rivalry between Daemon and Otto as well. Yeah. Now, what yeah. is the reason behind that? Like, okay. Um, I think uh, the, the main the main crux is that they are they are very Just power hungry in it. Yeah, and they both you know men with big egos, mm. you know, and they both desire power. Um, and Damon sees a threat everywhere. He, I mean, he's, he's belligerent. He's more belligerent than Otto, but yeah. he knows that Otto persuading the king to remarry and potentially having male heirs will exclude him from succession. So he yeah. sees Otto as a threat. Yeah. Um, but bear in mind, though, um, Viserys, I said, he doesn't want this trouble in his family. He doesn't want trouble in the realm. He wants to keep the Golden Age going, you know, that Jaehaerys ushered in. But Damon's restless. And, you know, uh, Viserys tries to keep him on side by giving him honours and giving him titles. He, he serves as Master of Coin. I think he serves as um, master of laws for a time, but then um, he's given one role which he does excel at, and that's um, commander of the city watch of King's Landing. And Damon transforms the city watch into the powerful asset that it is in Game of Thrones. So before this time, they were just the, the King's Landing city watch, and he gives them all these very. Um, iconic golden cloaks and from then on the city watch are referred to as the gold cloak so um anyone that remembers in season one of game of thrones um little finger persuades uh, ned to get the gold cloaks on side because i think it's it's crazy they have something like seven thousand cloak uh, gold cloaks in the city so imagine your own private army to you know to, to help with the succession crisis and uh, Janos Slint is the is the arsehole who's in charge of the gold cloaks, and he, he slaughters all of Robert's uh, bastard children. Yeah. So you can see the kind of people that are employed yeah. in gold cloaks. Yeah. Damon is no exception. Damon, he is he he is beloved of the City Watch. They they see all of the things that they've done for him, uh, so that he's done for them. And they love him for it. He is like he becomes known as the prince of the city. Uh, conversely, he becomes known as uh, Lord Fleabottom because he, you know, he on he'll go on patrols with the city watch through Fleabottom, and they'll visit you know alehouses and brothels, and they'll just you know he he's a rogue. He'll do what he wants. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, he excels at this role, and. They believe that it's partially for this success that Otto becomes more um, threatened by Damon because now he has his own private army in the city, on on the Red Keep's doorstep. 
So they believe that the Lord Fleabottom uh, title was given to him, was given to Damon by Otto. It's it's a, it's like rumored though. It's um, it, <laughs> the sort of like egos that are going on at this time are very um, it, it's very interesting. I think it'd be very cool to see them sort of come to life in the show. But um, yeah, Damon like he he gets more and more pissed off as the years go by knowing that he is getting further away from succession um and also another and obviously we, we touched on this earlier but another obviously player in the game is um Viserys's cousin isn't it because obviously she marries uh Rhaenyra's, um she marries Corlys uh Corlys Valerion yes um Corlys the, the sea Corlys, snake the sea snake and he's supposed to be one of the best kind of sailors of his of his time really the in, in... most famous and the most successful seafarer in westerosi history yeah yeah he he believed he i mean sailors right but mm. he went on i think it was like seven voyages around the world he went to Carth. he went um i think he visited like slavers bay you know like mm. marine where uh Dany was um he even claimed to have visited a shy and he became unbelievably wealthy from it. He um he rebuilt his ancestral home. You know, it, it was like a, an old sort of castle that his family lived in on um uh, Driftmark and he re um he re uh, made the castle again from like the riches. He is unbelievably wealthy. He has the most powerful fleet in Westeros. He's a very important player. Yeah. Um what makes him even more important is the fact, yeah, he's married to uh, Princess Rhaenys, who becomes Healthy. known as yeah the Queen who never was. Queen never was. Over. And that kind um, of bit, that bitterness yeah. kind of is still there's, still um, there, isn't it? Yeah, there, there's a very important uh, deviation um, in the show, which I'm kind of unhappy about, is that Rhaenys is meant to have black hair, and this is very important because. Anyone that remembers Game of Thrones, Ned uh, comes to the conclusion that um, Cersei's children are not Robert's heirs. It's because um, Brathi- um, Princess Rhaenys, uh, her mother was a Baratheon. I think, yeah, it was uh, Jocelyn Baratheon. Yeah. Um, and from this, at any sort of time there was um, in, uh, breeding with Baratheons, the children always had very, very dark hair. Um, you know, as I said, it was important in Game of Thrones. So I don't know why they've done that as an oversight in in the show. Maybe they just want to get, um, you know, anyone that's a Targ or a Valerian, they've all got silver hair. I, I guess maybe they want to get some consistency. Yeah, maybe that a is. a very important fact in Game of Thrones, which I'm kind of pissed off at. But, <laughs> um, yeah. But, again, Rhaenys is a dragon rider. She she is very very powerful as an yeah. ally, and yeah. she is not to be overlooked. And, and you know, and she, and she was she she harbors some um, uh, resentment at being passed over. But yeah, she uh, and her husband enjoy probably one of the most uh, healthy marriages in uh, all of like A Song of Ice and Fire. They have uh, two children, uh, Lenor Valarian and Lena Valarian. Um. Lena's the one that they tried to marry off to Viserys. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's like because Valerians are meant to be mm. Valerian descent, same as Targaryens. They've they've always been, you know, there's been marriage proposals about, oh, uh, you know, keeping the bloodline pure, you know, Valerian blood and all that. But um, you know that that was that was one of the things that the Valerians tried to get back into the good graces of the Targs because you know they wanted to get rid of that rift caused by um, Rhaenys being passed over by marrying Lena into the Targaryens again, you know, and, and that would make, that would make the, them, well, the, the marriage alliances were, were the strongest form of alliances. Yeah. You, you are literally married, you know, the, the blood is now like together, but, um, uh, I'll, I, I, this, this is going to be explored in the show, but, um, Lenor is the heir. Um, and he, he's also a dragon rider like Lena, but um, he is proposed to be the, um, the the husband of Rhaenyra, so Viserys's daughter, the the heir to the Iron Throne. Um, and well, I mean, I, the show will explore that. But um, they sort of how far are we going to go into? It? Are we going to sort of show some things that might get into the show? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's an important sort of issue. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an open secret that Lena is gay. Yeah, or or he's he's not he's either is bi or he's gay. He is not interested in um, Rhaenyra's advances at all, but they do get married. So the Valarian and the Targaryen rift is mended because of their marriage, and Rhaenyra uh, has children legally by Lena. Uh, Wow, they're, they're all they're all like um, Valyrian names. So uh, she has uh, this is how I pronounce them. So uh, Jacaris, uh, Lucaris, and Joffrey. And um, yeah, so legally they are Lenor's sons. <laughs> so but, they 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 are all Valyrian boys. But they but, might yeah. have been. There's a man at court. He's meant to be the strongest man in the Seven Kingdoms, and his oh. name is Harwin Strong. Imagine, you know, um, the mountain, but he's not—he's—he's he, he's not a brute. You know, he's not stupid. He's—he's he's a very powerful knight, but he's—he's he's the mountain. You know, uh, there's rumors that Rhaenyra, um, because um, Lenor is gay and, and he doesn't, you know, have any feelings for Rhaenyra, she has gone with this man called. Harwin Strong. Do you reckon because they can show that in the show? Do you reckon they go maybe because it's, it's a rumor in the book? But are they actually going to literally say, "Oh yeah, Harwin Strong is the actual father"? Like, um, actually... Maybe, because maybe you know. There's some people who like the rumors are that these um, Valarian boys are not; they're strong boys. Yeah. So Harwin Strong being from House Strong. And and the the children don't have Valyrian features. Maybe you know Valyrian genes are like recessive, because um, all uh, Jace, Luke, and Joffrey, the children, they all have brown hair. Harwin Strong has very common sort of features, like you know brown hair, brown eyes. There's no Valyrian features, so people start to talk. But there's um. And Harwin Strong is also like the the sworn sword, like the the, the protector of Rhaenyra, yeah. which makes it you know again makes it very ah something might be going on. But there's another uh, issue. 
there's a very talented knight by the name of Kristen Cole. Oh, Kristen Cole, and yeah. He has become so famous in Westeros that he has won a white cloak and he is put onto the King's Guard. So he's one of Viserys, King Viserys's King's Guard now. And he has been noted in Fire and Blood of being very attractive. So, and, and some people, some sources claim that Rhaenyra was sleeping with Kristen Cole. So, the the kids could be Harwin Strong's, or yeah, they could be Kristen Cole. Kristen Cole, because yeah. Kristen Cole is from the Dornish Marches, and they have very like um like dark features and like you know brown hair, you know brown eyes, like very dark features. But he's, he's Andalish, you know, he's he's an Andal, like like a normal um person from Westeros, you know. But he's, where Dornish Marches, so he could be a bit Dornish as well. So yeah. these like darker features coming through. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Look, we we can't get like a, a DNA test to see who these kids are, but it causes another massive rift. Like, holy shit! What if Rhaenyra's children are bastards? What if yeah. they aren't? So they're not legitimate, Lainor? they're not they. Yeah, they're um, illegitimate, and that puts into succession. It puts a question on the succession because if Rhaenyra doesn't have male heirs, so in in the form of her sons, what happens then? Does the um or, or if she's she's uh, found guilty of treason by you know uh, committing adultery, does the succession revert to Damon? And that is another thing which is scaring the shit out of Otto because he does not want Damon to be king. He he sees himself being executed by Damon if he's made king. There's there's a lot of issues here. Um. And obviously, then he wants to he wants to seize his own power by placing Alison Alison as queen. Yeah, with Viserys as king. Uh, I mean, there's a lot going on. Then obviously, what happens to uh, what happens to Lainor? Yeah, uh, he gets murdered murdered in Spice Town, doesn't he? Who is this now? Lainor. Um, oh, does he? Yeah, I thought he yeah. was um, his um, his friend. I thought it was his friend Joffrey. Uh, Spice Town. You might, you might be right. I, I, I don't really know like that much of like Lane. Yeah, he was slain. He was slain by his friend Sir Quall Co- uh, Corey while attending an affair at Spice Town. Ah, um, okay. yeah. So he he gets killed, mm. and then straight on from that. Uh... So this this opens a political asset, you know, for the king and to Otto and Damon, because now. Rhaenyra is unmarried. She's a widow. So she can remarry. You know, because the these women at this time, they have they may have very strong opinions and very strong personalities, but they're subject to a very sexist and very patriarchal system yeah, yeah. in the form of primogenitor. Yeah. Well, they are establishing at this time that primogenitor is the way they want to go forward. Yeah. Starting with the passing over of of Rhaenys, the, the queen I never was, it's it's starting to set into stone, and and maybe Rhaenyra will sort of push against that to create a precedent that no, it's it's not purely primogenitor. We'll we'll see what the show does with that. But um, we'll talk about Alicent because um, Otto Hightower has his way, and Alicent is married to the king, so Alicent Hightower becomes the queen of Westeros second uh, wife of King Viserys the first 
and she has children by the king. So this gives Otto exactly what he wanted. He wanted male grandchildren who one day will be king. Um, so eldest to youngest, there's Aegon, Helena, Aemond, and Daeron. Or Daeron, however you pronounce it. Um, these... So, <laughs> Daemon's pissed off as well. Yeah. Because now the king has a direct male heir. And not just that, he is now fourth in succession after Aegon, Aemond, and, da- and Daeron. And th- then it will be Daemon. He's now fourth in succession. So he is very pissed off. Um, they're married. Uh, Alicent is married to the king for five years. And on the fifth wedding anniversary, they decide to have a great tourney. So um, that's like a, you know, a, a nickname or like you know, a, um, a tournament, you know, um, jousting, uh, melees, similar to like um, in Game of Thrones when uh, to celebrate uh, Ned becoming in yeah, hand, King Robert does a tourney. Yeah. And this is the very famous uh, tourney because it's in this tournament that um, there's a, I think it's, yeah, the opening feast to this tournament this sets in motion one of the great seeds of the Dance of the Dragons, and it gives names to the camps of the people who support these different Targaryen branches. Those that support the Queen, so Queen Alicent, they are referred to as the Greens going forward because Queen Alicent dresses in a very nice green dress. And then Rhaenyra comes in, and she wears a black dress, so black, very traditional sort of Targaryen, black and red colours of the, uh, the house. And her supporters, so the people who favour her side of the family, are called the Blacks. So now, anyone that sides with either side are the Greens and the Blacks. And this is very important. Um, and we, we've seen that in the trailer, haven't we? We've seen quite a lot of. Uh, we see the, we see the dresses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was but kind of like hoping the, they'd make Alicent more. Yeah, stands stands out more green. Yeah, it's very muted. Yeah, but um, yeah, they, they've they've gone for the sort of like very similar dresses to what uh, Daenerys wore, that you know the Rhaenyra's uh, black dress, because essentially um, Rhaenyra is like a proto Daenerys. Mm. You know, she she's meant to be. You know, when I'm when I was reading it, it, it was very much like, oh, this is Daenerys. This is like, you know, her trying to be queen, like going fighting against sort of like the male oppressor sort of thing. You know, it, it, Martin wrote Daenerys in mind when he was thinking about reading. And, and and also you got me, but also Barry's time as well. One thing to add to this, this point about the blacks and greens yeah. was um, Rhaenyra and Alison grew up together, so they had a very close kind of. Like, um, st- I mean. Alison was a couple of years older. But they still had that closeness to them, didn't they? Um, um, that's what the historians have said, yeah. yeah. It's, whether or not that's true or not, it looks like they are going to do that for the show because There's you see, a lot of flashbacks. stills yeah, yeah. of them sharing scenes together, them like, yeah. you know, like uh, hugging and stuff, being friendly. Yeah, I think that'd be good to, to show their, their relationship deteriorating. I think yeah. that'd be very good to explore. But... Um, because at the end of the day, when you when you look about well, one of the things you really look at Darth Dragons, it is this kind of conflict between two women. Um, yeah, 
yeah. Um, the the um, the original story that chronicled this uh, time of history was called The Princess and the Queen. Uh, princess referring to Rhaenyra and the Queen being yeah. Alicent. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's um, and and it was published in a, an anthology book called Dangerous Women. You know, yeah, so yeah. this. Uh, anybody that goes into the show or anybody that reads these books thinking that this is some sort of quote unquote, you know, like feminist agenda, uh, they're talking shit because it's no. written to be like this sort of like, you know, these strong characters, whether or not they be the best role for, you know, monarch, it, you know, this is what they want. You know, it, it, they are human. They, they're not, they, they are um, subject to human failings and successes. Their gender is immaterial. It just so happens they're female in a male-dominated world. Very much reminds me of um, the kind of relationship between uh, Elizabeth I and uh, her sister Mary. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you when you want to do stuff like this, like um, this, like um, grounded fantasy, mm. you do want to take your um, inspirations from real-world history. Yeah. And um, really, this I like. We say about Game of Thrones, really, was kind of like based on the Wars of the Roses. Um, and I do feel like this Dance of Dragons is very based on a conflict. It's very similar. There's a bit of kind of differences, but it's um, if anyone doesn't know, it's called uh, this event period in English um, history, which takes place roughly, I would say, three hundred years before the Wars of the Roses. So this was proper like medieval England, you know, medieval as you can get. Um, and there was this King Henry the first. Um, he was the first Henry, but was crowned uh, King of England. Um, later on down the line, everyone remembers Henry the eighth and all, and his six wives. But uh, Henry the first, obviously, he was this Norman king. Uh, he was around from the beginning of the twelfth century to eleven thirty five. And he was this very like you know powerful king, um, and he had a son who tragically was killed in a in a kind of in a shipping accident of this boat called the White Ship, which sank in the English Channel. Um, there's always speculations about what happened. There's conspiracy that it was sabotaged by the French, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, or anti-royalists. Uh, so basically, with his death, the king had no heir. So, but he did have an heir. He didn't have a male heir, and his only um, heir left was this woman called Matilda. And he basically kind of set up that she was going to become the next leader to reign after his death. Well, during this time, no one ever had a thought of a female ruler, so. A lot of the Norman lords, uh, barons, as uh, English barons, basically disagreed with this idea of um, a Norman, uh, a woman becoming the um, you know queen of England. So they were conspiring to get uh, a, a, obviously a family a relative of um, Henry the First Stephen to become uh, the king, um, but. What he finds out is Matilda is married to a very powerful um, man, I think, in um, Burgundy. So he, she basically, when the Lord decided to, well, we're going to crown Stephen instead, she fled to um, to continental Europe and basically launched a 
conflict against uh, Stephen and the Barons that support supported him, and obviously then there was Barons that supported Matilda, and Barons that supported Stephen, and it was very much a um, uh, bloody bloody conflict. Like you think the Civil War in England, uh, Wars of Roses, I'll say this was the the second Civil War in terms of uh, British history, and uh, and the anarchy it's called the anarchy because it was just total anarchy you know we it, it was just just think of this kind of like how ripped apart england and even parts of wales were as well yeah during this period hmm. yeah and um and eventually obviously he led to stephen took had the throne and then obviously he was dethroned hmm. matilda took the phone for a while and then she passed on to her son who then on a deathbed became Henry II, who also became the, another powerful English monarch during this time. Um, so that's basically where I get a lot of similarities between Dance and yeah. Dragons. I, they are like direct similarities. Yeah. And yeah. Um, coming back to uh, like Damon, especially, um, I, you know, we, we were saying that uh, Leno is, is murdered. So uh, Rhaenyra is, you know, <sighs> People will like go to her and want to marry her for like the political prospects and and the the um ideas that you know the the, the idea that they can progress in power and authority yeah. through her through her blood. So who manages to you know marry her is her own uncle Damon, the rogue prince, mm. and. From this marriage, they have two children. They have the classical Valyrian features, so like silver gold hair, uh, with like purple eyes or like purple violet eyes, uh, called Aegon and Viserys. Now, um, <laughs> a, 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 this Aegon is called Aegon the Younger to distinguish um, him, himself from King Viserys's son. Aegon the Elder. Yeah. And um, this complicates things. I, I don't believe uh, Damon had permission from the king to marry Rhaenyra. So this has caused a very, um, you know, another rift between the brothers. And I think it's at this time that um, the, Rhaenyra and Damon established their own court, like a rival court on Dragonstone. So where Stannis Baratheon later based his, um, like, kingdom. You know, his base of operations whilst he was trying to become king. Um, the uh, dragon Dragonstone being the ancestral home of the Targaryens. So there was some legitimacy from it. And also, um, the, uh, the heir to the throne was always um, referred to as the Prince of Dragonstone as well. So th there's there's... You know that um, legitimacy about holding this very small but very significant holding in the narrow sea. Um, there's another sort of like side of the story involving Damon, which I think I've glanced over at, at the moment. Um, yeah, this is before the war. This is before the dance, so, and it, and it sets up another sort of like issue with Damon uh, in King Viserys's reign, and that is. Um, 
he he was married to um, a Royce, so and a, like like the Aaron, someone from the Vale of Aaron, um, Rhea Royce, I think her name was, and he absolutely hated her guts. Um, you know, he claimed that she was like barren and they couldn't have any kids, uh, and and he hated the Vale. He, he just didn't like being there. He, he called his wife uh, his bronze bitch. It's fair to say he didn't like, like his uh, married life. No. So he would do anything to sort of get away from his married life and his like duties. And um, eventually he, you know, he sought to get his marriage annulled. Obviously he couldn't, I think he consummated it. So legally he couldn't do it. Um, he, oh, what was the, I'm trying to think what instigated it, but he basically, he had enough. He um, found this, um, Dancer, they, you know that in um, I think it was like a tavern in Fleabot Misaria. or something. Misaria. Yeah, Misaria. Yeah, and a dancer is a very polite term of um, someone who <laughs> you know would not necessarily like a sex worker, but someone who you know someone of loose morals, a dancer, mm. and and with that then it comes the very you know like connotations of peasantry. Yeah, um, you know someone who has to work for a living. You know, someone very in the feudal system, someone low on the totem pole. You know, there's a and um, but but she is a Lycini, and the Lycine, a lot of them have Valyrian blood, so she has the classical Valyrian features as well. Um, and he, you know, if failing, you know, getting an annulment from his wife, he takes a mistress in the form of Misaria, and she's um, she's referred to as Misery or the White Worm. You know, obviously, Damon's enemies would call his mistress this because you know they hate Damon's guts. But um, he seeks to give um, her a dragon egg, a, a, one of the royal house's dragon eggs, because he, uh, Damon stated that he has made her pregnant. So his child by this woman will have a dragon egg, and he he. Um, sneaks into the dragon pit where they hold all the dragons and the dragon clutches he steals an egg and he gives it he flees to dragonstone he gives misaria a dragon egg and i'm not sure if it's because of this i'll have to look on Eamon's page but he decides that he has you know had enough of his um his brother's reign so he flees and he sets up his own little kingdom called the kingdom of the stepstones as you do <laughs> yeah, yeah its own little kingdom in the narrow sea and um paulis valarian the sea snake is also pissed off you know he I'm, I'm not sure if he yeah he's resigned as master of ships so it's so like essentially like the the admiral sort of position on the small council i'm not sure if otto pissed him off but um yeah, um, now the Rogue Prince and the Sea Snake have resolved to create their own private war against the pirates in the Stepstones and the, the kingdoms in the Free Cities. Yeah. Uh, the, the Three Daughters, I think they call it the Triarchy, they've, start, you know, they've made common cause. They're usually fighting each other. You know, one of them is usually fighting against the others. But they've made common cause now to conquer the Stepstones, to get more land, you know, to get it from the pirates and stuff. But in their stead, they've established their own, you know, toll stations and their own uh, tariffs. 
and they're insanely high. And Damon Corley's wage a war against the triarchy, you know, with their own private armies to get carve out their own kingdom in the narrow sea. And they win. So for a time, Damon does succeed in becoming a king, if only king of the stepstones, like the, the islands that are in the narrow sea. It's very cool. And also Corlys is probably raking in loads of money from the tariffs, from the trade and stuff. They, they, and they've is... only become even more successful because of it. So what... And we're, we're going to see this in the show, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I... So is he still the, kind of the king whilst he's married to Rhaenyra? Oh, sorry. No, this is before he married this Rhaenyra. Is way, yeah. Before. But no, no, yeah. But I, I, but is, this, is, this, is he still king whilst he's still married to Rhaenyra? Right. So what, what happens is uh, when I was reading, I remember the, uh, reading this vividly, like um, there's no definitive reason why, but um, I think it was a Tawny. Maybe I think it was like um, Rhaenyra's birthday or something. And, the, you know, they, they set, I think they're in the dragon pit. They set up this massive Tawny in the dragon pit. And then out of nowhere, Caraxes flies over. Oh. So Damon's dragon. And yeah. he sets down in the middle, and before the royal um, uh, box, like the, the the royal sort of stage, he places his um, Damon's crown, his his own king's crown, at his feet. You know, he he seeks his brother's forgiveness for some reason, because everyone would have to believe revealed. that Damon is an asshole. But Damon's an individualist. He he is he is a killer. He's he's a medieval person from like a medieval time. He's a very conflicted individual. He's he's like a Boromir. You know, he's neither wholly good or wholly bad. But he he sets his crown in front of like the king, and he you know he, he asks him like oh you know will you forgive me, and Viserys forgives him. Does it? Why does he uh, ask get ask for forgiveness? We don't know. There's never. The show will probably give some context to it. Yeah. But yeah, at this point, we don't know. Oh, wow. And so... And obviously, then Viserys forgives Damon. Yeah, because he loves his brother. Yeah. Ah, oh, no, right. I, I remember now. I remember why he actually left um, to, you know, to, to create his own kingdom. is because there was rumours that... Um, I think it was, um, it might have been Viserys' grandson. He was born and he died uh, the same day that he was born. And oh, okay. there, was, so there was these rumors that uh, when this happened, Damon was out drinking. He was pissed in, um, in like a, you know, a, just a tavern in Flea Bottom, you know, like a really like, you yeah. know, like a, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. But, um, Rumors met the royal ewes that Damon was joking that the, um, in the Red Keep there was a prince for a day. Oh, okay. So Viserys was super pissed off at this. He, but it's, he believed it's, the rumors. It's not. Conf- it's, did, did they well, find well, out who killed? Well, well no. He, he, it was just um, you know he just died in in um, in the Shot cot. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it just complications, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so many things went wrong in like the yeah. in birthing in medieval times, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he um so no like foul play suspected, but yeah, 
Viserys believed these rumors. And he was pissed off. And he demanded that uh, Damon go, in, go into exile. Oh, okay. But um, the, I, I don't know if this was stated, but it could be just a ploy of Otto's to get rid of Damon. Sounds like it, yeah. So imagine that, right? That if, you know, this wasn't true and, you know, Damon would be Damon would be pissed off that someone's spreading these rumours that he said these things. Well, I mean, he, fan- he is a fa- warrior, you know. Infanticide he, like is knight. not uncommon in this, in this, in this kind but, of world. But, but Damon it? wasn't there, though, you know. And no, I, no. I don't think Damon's one to do that. Well, no, well, but well, we'll see. We'll see. But, um, you know, at this time, I don't think he'd do anything to his, his brother's um, grandchildren. You know, well, because someone else, someone else could do it. You know, you yeah, know, you know, uh, it could have been Otto. Yeah, know. yeah, that's what I, I was. I was well, Otto is ruthless. Was. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's a, he's a, I think he's an, an efficient politician. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, but Damon, you know, he, you know, hangs his head low and and he leaves. He leaves the city, and and that's how he um he rocks up with um Corlys. I'm not too sure actually why Corlys um resigned as master of ships. Let me. Just look him up for a second. Well, also, well, also, um, he did pass over. Oh no, it obviously the kind of there's always that kind of like kind of bitterness with his wife towards the service for taking over the crown. Uh, but but so, yeah, you know, like been angled they that. married, you know, but but married Rhaenyra. True, true. But, um, yeah, there's, there's like I think a lot of questions which I think will be given answers because they need to give some context and uh, definitiveness yeah. to this story yeah. in, in the actual yeah. show. Yeah. But um, yeah. one second, there's, it sounds like this is stuff that George Armin probably gave an answer to the writers and the show and the showrunner when they were like yeah. asking like, "Oh, this this has got." Think of this, why has this happened, and oh, you okay. might come up with something. Right, I I know why now. So apparently, it's because um, it it is to do with Otto, in indirectly. Uh, it's because when um, uh, Viserys, you know, he, he, people were saying like, you, you need to remarry, you need to like get a male heir. Um, Corley suggested Lena, his his daughter, okay. and he refused him. Oh, you know, that, that's said, the. That's, yeah, instead yeah, he chose Alison, didn't he? Yeah, so, but, but that's something I've, it was I've because thought of this. Yeah, um, Corley's felt, you know, like um, scorned. Basically, yeah, scorned. Yeah, passed over again, again. Yeah, yeah. you know, his family yeah. has been essentially like, yeah, like insulted again. So he resigns um, his position on the small council and he leaves uh, for for Driftmark for his uh, his home island in uh, the Narrow Sea. But it's also, as I said, you know, it's because of the triarchy's rule over the stepstones that they are, you know, imposing these insanely high tariffs. You know, these these taxes that they were worse than the pirates before them, but they were legitimate uh, thieves now. <laughs> like you know, they're just like privateers essentially. So yeah, he joins up with um, Damon. Damon declared himself king of the stepstones and the narrow sea. And um, Corlys and, and the Valarians refused to attend uh, the royal wedding as well. He just, he, he just knows always, always this is building up, isn't it? Yeah. It's just always build, building up. Um, so we obviously, uh, Rhaenyra marries Damon. They have children. 
Um, and Alicent obviously marries Viserys and they have children. Now, um, it now has come to question of really the, the big kind of reveal, isn't it, of yeah. who's going to take the crown next after mm. Viserys. Yeah. So there let's touch upon like these other like political players oh yeah yeah come into um play we've mentioned harwin strong and he he is yeah like the the sworn shield of uh rhaenyra honestly daenerys all the time of, of rhaenyra and um he's not the only important uh member of house strong uh so at this time uh house strong is ruled sorry they rule Harrenhal, the very famous castle which was built by um, Black Harren yeah. and then was burnt uh, by uh, Aegon the Conqueror during the conquest. And, you know, it's very famous. Like, the, the, store, uh, the fires were so um, hot that the stone melted. And that's where um, uh, Arya was in the, in the show for a while, you know. She was like uh, in the show. Yeah, she was Tywin t- uh, season, season. Yeah, it was in the um, yeah. Clash of Kings. Yeah, where... but um, yeah, at this time the Strongs they command it. They're very very important house, and um, the uh, the Lord is called Lord Lionel Strong, and yeah. he, he lives up to his name. He he is like he's been described as like a brute. He, he looks like a pit fighter, but. He, people think he's stupid because when he talks, he's very deliberate. He's very slow, but he's extremely intelligent. Yeah, he he forged. I think it was like a half a dozen rings at the the uh, the citadel. So he, for a time, he was trained to be a meister. He's a very intelligent man, and when they move to court, he brought he brings his son Harwin Strong, uh, and his nickname is Breakbones, which is very cool. Because and he also brings so. his other son. Larry's the clubfoot. He becomes a very important character too. But um, let me just see if I can pull up Lionel Strong. I'm sure he becomes a uh, master of coin. Okay, he, no, he so he has a very legal mind, and he served as of uh, laws. Okay, and then he served. He, he he succeeded then into serving as hand of the king. For Viserys, so we'll we'll see his character get uh, explored. I think in um, in the show, um, especially like what his uh, his sons get up to. But then, um, I mean, people will see sort of like these other characters come into it, like um, the Lannister twins. No, not 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 those twins. Not Jamie and Cersei. No, different twins. Another twins. It, the Lannisters have had loads of twins. So That's many like twins. Family yeah. Thing. Yeah. And. Um, so I hope these they, two have in, I hope these two twins don't have incest. I mean, they're they? brothers, so <laughs> so there's two. Um, I hope I don't. I don't see that. <laughs> the, the, the elder Lannister brother is called um, Jason, uh, and he becomes the Lord of Castle Rock. Um, but his his younger twin is called Tilland. Uh, I mean, Thailand. Till I say Tilland, he's a very important character. He becomes, uh, well, he, he's on the um, small council for Viserys, master of ships, uh, master of coin, and then ultimately hand of the king eventually. We, we'll, we'll sort of see him again. Um, there's um, the, char- the guy that's going to play him, he plays both of the twins. Yeah. He, he was, um, 
trying to think what he was in. He played um, Sir Hugh of the Vale in the first season of uh, Game of Thrones. Very small part, but um, yeah. We'll yeah, get to yeah. see other characters as well. People, you know, I mean, everybody's favorite house is House Stark, right? So um, we'll get to see this character called Cregan. He's, he's Lord Stark at this time. He doesn't have that much to do until, like, say, when the war breaks out. Because, look, it's like, they're involved in this war. And, you know, it's purely to do with the Targaryens, the Valarians, and uh, House Hightower. Yeah, so you know, and to a lesser extent, uh, House Arryn oh. and House Baratheon. Yeah. You know, so the Starks don't really have that much, like, play at the moment. There's rumours going round um, that they they might have some, some stuff to do because they'll go north to the wall. So some Targaryen character is going to visit the wall. I think they're um, doing that just for fan service. Fan think. service, yeah. 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 We've got to include the Night's Watch and the wall. Yeah, and, and the rubbish and in stuff. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> This um, Craig and Stark, he is a very um, he's a very interesting character. He's he's very different than like Ned and uh, very um, positive characters like you know Rob and then Jon Snow. Very different. He is a true sort of like um, you know very hardy sort of like you know he's, he's war and and winter. Very interesting character, but. Um, I mean, we'll probably see other characters as well. Like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of these other ones. There's like other houses. There's like um, House Peak, House Beesbury. Um, these these houses which sort of fell out of favour. So they've either been exiled or they're no longer important in a Game of Thrones. Uh, in, sorry, also, in, a, in a Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, we also got uh, House Dark Hill. Um, a, a Darkling, is it? Darkling, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Looking, I'm looking through um, something, and then obviously House Cargill. Is that is that one? Is House Cargill one. Um, um, they're members of the King's. It's a different place well, here. Well, 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 well uh, I, I'm looking at the kind of like the castle characters on the actual wiki. Um, right, but and they're members of the King's Guard, so. I'd... Yeah, I'm having, I'm having up now. I mean, obviously, we're going to um... get we're going to get some Aaron's as well uh, up here, um, because of Emma Emma Aaron, etc. Um, but yeah, a lot of these are Targaryens, High Towers, uh, uh, I'll see if I can get up um, who who's serving in the King's Guard uh, at this time. Um, Let's have, have a look. Oh, you know, so you got Sir Eric Cargill, and then you've got oh, Eric and Sir Eric. Yeah, yeah. Eric and Eric Cargill. Cargill. Yeah, yeah. Cargill. Um, let's have a look now. Yeah, so, so we have um, Ryan Redwin, uh, Redwine, sorry. He's a uh, Lord Commander, and then he's replaced by um, Sir Harold Westerling. Um, yeah. Graham McTavish is going to play him. Which oh, yeah, that's cool. good. That's and then, good yeah, the, the twins saw Eric and Eric Cargill. Um, and then we'll get Kristen Cole, very famous man. He, he becomes known as the Kingmaker. 
Uh, we, we mentioned him earlier. Willis Fell, Rickard Thorne, Stefan Darklin, and Laurent Marbrand. So, yeah, we, I mean, we probably won't get like these as like major characters. They'll be like maybe uh, name dropped, but otherwise, but it's they're, gonna be they're, quite complicated. They are familiar faces. I yeah, know that's we have to think like during the dance now, there's gonna be you know, these King's Guards are gonna be very um conflicted as to who yeah. are the, who yeah. they're gonna follow. Yeah. So um well obviously Viserys will die and, and this triggers the dance. You know, yeah. this is what uh, don't wanna really go into it, you know, this gonna do the prelude, but um the main camps, so we mentioned the greens and the blacks. The Greens, um, they they follow Aegon uh, when he's crowned uh, on his father's death. He becomes Aegon the Second. So his mother is Alice is Alice and Hightower. So naturally, the the Green camp are going to follow him. Conversely, um, his half sister Rhaenyra, they already established that her camp is the Blacks. Um, it is interesting to see, you know, it's going to be tragic because um, we'll see these different Kingsguard members, you know, have to fight each other. This gonna, it's going to be tragic. And it, obviously this is going to be a couple of seasons down the line. This is going to probably going to be season three, I imagine. But um, yeah, it's going to be quite um, tragic to see them sort of fall on their sure. swords. Should we talk, uh, uh, basically, because uh, I want to touch a bit on, um, basically, like, you know, the kind of decisions of Viserys. This has come up right up to the end of Viserys' reign, yeah? Yeah. Because um, he basically, so, obviously, Rhaenyra is kind of groomed by him to take over as the next heir. And then, he, uh, he does he... Does he um, so, so he book he yeah he chose Rhaenyra over his sons. Is that is that how it goes? Um, Viserys. Oh, what? What? Sorry, you broke up for me then. Oh, so um, Viserys chose he still uh, like still chose Rhaenyra over his sons. Yeah, because in his mind, mm. uh, Rhaenyra was his heir. She, you know, yeah. Yes, he managed to get uh, male um, heirs, male children by his second wife. Yeah. But he put in the time and effort, you know, and he made it clear that Rhaenyra was his chosen uh, heir. You know, he, he groomed her, you know, like he, he sort of like he invited her to small council meetings to see how the governance of the realm was done. It It, it is very important that you know all as we said all of the law they summoned the great lords to pledge fealty to Rhaenyra and a lot of these great lords reneged on their uh fealty yeah when the dance erupted because they uh sort of reverted to the idea that um there's a king now because uh we, we, let's touch upon it so um Viserys dies I think he dies of natural causes. He, he's a, he's getting on a bit, you know, at this time. He dies. And it just so happens that Rhaenyra is not in King's Landing. She's on Dragonstone. But have her to... stepmother and her yeah. half-brother are in the city. And 
it's a point of contention in this um, world that um, legitimacy, sorry, like legitimacy derives from whoever commands the Iron Throne. Not, not, not just the idea of the Iron Throne being the realm and power, but the actual Iron Throne. Uh, the Greens are in King's Landing at this time. So so by default, they they own, they command the Iron Throne. Mm. And from this, Rhaenyra is now, you know, a pretender to the throne because she doesn't own it. Um, Could we... Um, there's something I want to talk about as well with Clan Artway is um, it's the, the... What do you call it? The, the small council meeting. Um, uh, yeah, kicks so, off after Cyrus's yeah, death. Yeah, imme- immediately after the, the king's death. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need to brace myself because I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like what happens. Oh, so I I, I could go on this bit. Um, okay. So um, there was a uh, Queen Alison and Kristen Cole sent out the king's guard to summon small council members uh, during the gathering. The conversation quickly stirred between with Nero's coronation. But um, so Otto Hightower, the Hand of the King, told those who have gathered that Prince Aegon would be crowned. Um, whilst Lord Lyman Beesbury, the Master of Coin, insisted Rhaenyra should be count- crowned as Queen. Uh, several other council members counted him. Sir Tyland Lannister argued that the oaths made to Rhaenyra in 105 AC. Um, had not been made by them since it had been 24 years. Lord Jasper Wilde mentioned that the old king, Jaehaerys I, twice chose a male heir over the feeble heir and her descendants, and Sir Otto argued that Rhaenyra was married to Prince Daemon, who would become the true ruler should mm, Rhaenyra yeah. gain the crown. Uh, both high towers argued that not only they, but also Alison's children would die should Rhaenyra become the queen. It would later be said that Prince Aegon only reluctantly accepted the crown because his mother, brother, sisters, and children would otherwise be killed by Rhaenyra. Yeah, yeah. they found him in a brothel uh, yeah. <laughs> on the on the morning of the king's death, and um, I think it was Kristen Cole, being the kingmaker. He said to him, it's "Like you know, he's the one that persuaded him." He said, "You know, like, think about what's going to happen to you and your family." If they take control, do you know who's going to play Prince Aegon? I think this is really. Uh, yeah, so it's um, anybody that's seen uh, Dunkirk, he's the sort of the boy on the boat, not uh, yeah, the, Barry Keogh and the other one, the blonde one. I think it's a perfect choice. I think I, so. I, yeah, I imagined yeah. him to be more podgy, but but that that was my head canon was that the, he was meant to be like a, a spitting image of his father, and Viserys was meant to be very podgy as well. Yeah, you know, to 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 contrast between his brother. The, the the very lean and powerful Damon, you know, so he's meant to contrast. But yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy. Like the, I think he's he's got a very like middle class sounding name. This this actor that's going to oh, play. Oh, uh, let me find out now. It's on here. It's gonna. It's Tom Glynn Carney. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's in Dunkirk. He has been a bunch of other stuff. So English actor. I'm pretty sure he was Hotspur in uh, the King as well. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, he, he was Hotspur. Chalmette. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he, was, he was fantastic. If, if he acts like he did in that, I think he'd be fantastic yeah. as Aegon the Second. Yeah. He was um, young Gaius in Domina. Um Domina. The, it's the Roman uh TV show about um oh what's his name? Augustus's wife. Uh oh, quite, quite um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um but no, I'm I'm looking forward hmm. to this. Um yeah. and like the guy they've got to play uh Amond as well. 
Um, oh my god, yeah. No, should, be... should, we haven't mentioned about that actually. So Amond is the um, the second uh, son yeah. of uh, Viserys. He he's a warrior. He's a dragon rider as well. You know, the princes. You know, they get to sort of train in at arms, so they may as well be knights. You know, but they're princes. They ne- they never refer to as like sir. But but Amond, he's um, he's probably the most deranged out of um, the children. I mean, yeah. rightly so. <laughs> Uh, when the sort of like children, the sort of like um, the Valarian boys or strong boys, were, um, they were playing well with um, oh, the, yeah. uh, the... The, the Targaryen uh, siblings, and I'm sure they, they sort of made some insults, saying about like, oh, you know, or oh, at least I'm not a bastard. And, and one of the Valarian boys, um, I think they were only doing like they're like practice swords, but he like um, he poked one of Aemon's eyes out. Yeah. So and big... since then he replaced that eye with like a gemstone. Yeah. And he was yeah. known after that as Aemond One Eye. Oh. He he is deranged, this man. And he plays a big part in like and he the, hates the actual the battles, Valarian boys now. The battles, the dance dragons as well. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, there's a there's a, a taboo in uh, this this world that you know of kin slaying or killing a member of one's family. Yeah. But it's at this point like nobody cares they're so pissed off at each other they, they're just killing family members left right and center yeah it's gonna be crazy honestly to see the dragons fighting um, uh, the, bat- the battle above shipbreakers bay you know with with aim and one eye it's gonna be fantastic oh yeah, yeah. well that'll be like a second series surely that's later yeah, on yeah yeah, yeah. But, um so going from the small council so grand maester or will predicted the war Believe that Rhaenyra would never be willing to give up her birthright and had dragons at her disposal. Yeah. When Lyman declared that he was not willing to listen to uh, people plotting to steal her crown and tempting to leave, Sir Christian killed him. This made Lord Besbury the first casualty of the Dance of the Dragons. Yeah. I, I think it'd be good because that'd be ah, a nice yeah. turning point for Christian yeah. Cole. Because yeah. he, he is meant to, like, well, especially like in the histories, he was projected as a very gallant and very like um, a poisson sort of like a character. You know, the, the height of valor. He's on the king's guard, isn't he? He's meant to be like a yeah. a white knight, and then yeah, he does this. Uh, Some people uh, like to, you know the historians like to say that you know he was like a spurned lover of Rhaenyra. She rejected him, and that's why he sides with her half brother instead. Well, we'll 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 see when we what happens. Well, but, um... I, I feel like this is like obviously the case with um, when we saw when we saw Game of Thrones, we play out. Obviously, you got like you know the, the these two families, you know, fighting each other. Like you know, these two kind of sides fighting to, for the throne, and then you've got the people kind of like behind the scenes who are like they're only there, they're only supporting that side in order to survive and yeah grow. Yeah. Like Quarter we saw from Littlefinger, well, yeah. we saw that with. Um, mm. With, well, uh, you know, any any time like there's like a, a succession, yeah, in, in something like this, there there is there there there's anarchy. There's everybody knows that they need to strike first and strike hard. No mercy, like Cobra Kai. But, but there's, um, there's also people trying to be like, oh, I'm I'm going to change my change sides to this side because they're winning. Well, yeah. Why, why can, would you? I can natural, you know, Why would you choose a losing side? Isn't it? You exactly. Know? Yeah. And and then that that's death penalty in itself, isn't it? You yeah. Know? So we see in you know people watched Game of Thrones. You saw when King Robert died. 
the Lannisters were very quick in asserting themselves and, and placing Joffrey on the throne. Um, and they moved quicker, obviously, than Ned, who was trying to prove that he was a bastard. He wasn't the legitimate heir. But um, yeah, the sort of the Greens were very proactive in um, in, in asserting Aegon's uh, um, regency. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's going to be quite cool seeing um, sort of like um, Beesbury protest and then having um, Kristen Cole kill him. They, they, look, look, they established roles, you know, and 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 laws and precedents. But then when shit hits the fan, it's it's you're you, you know. It's just like uh, there's there's no law. It's whoever owns the more swords. This um this creates a problem as well because despite them owning sorry the Green Camp, they now possess the Iron Throne and they're in King's Landing. Um, they own the most dragons and they own the dragon eggs in the Dragon Pit, but the, most of them are too young, yeah, to ride and to use in battle. But the Blacks, so with Rhaenyra and Daemon on Dragonstone, they own the most battle-ready dragons. So the Greens are pissing themselves. Because war is coming, and potentially they can lose because Rhaenyra has the most dragons. Well, she's been, she's been like brought up on trained on the dragons and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, the, and obviously, obviously the Greens have Damon as well, uh, like he's a great dragon rider. So yeah, like it's 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 how like the size can change with the amount of the drag the, the dragons you have on your side. Yeah. Um So so uh, ravens were sent. Taurus loyal to Aegon. Ravens were sent. Uh, Rhaenyra remained on Dragonstone, unaware of what happened with her father. Um, Several days after the service had died, his death was announced at King's Landing and the Silent Sisters were sent for. Uh, and this was about Aegon's coronation. The dragon was chosen as a site for his towering bronze doors, strong roofs, and thick walls made it easily defensible. Sir Christian Cole crowned Aegon, while Alison High Hightower crowned Aegon's sister wife. Uh, Helena, oh god, that's a weird thing to say. This sister, <laughs> sister wife, yeah, yeah. If you guys don't like the incest and Game of Thrones, you're really not gonna be put yeah. off by the show. So, um, um, on Wikipedia, like you look at, say, like you know, House of the Dragon, yeah, and you get the sort of like categories, like the tags at the bottom, you know, uh, fantasy shows, shows released in 2022, and one of them was like, uh, TV shows about incest. I'm like, oh, for god's sake. <laughs> Yeah, but but I, I know it's like it makes your skin crawl, but yeah, this is it's meant to be a critique of this this yeah. asinine belief in keeping bloodlines pure. Yeah, you know, like the the Habsburgs and to a greater extent the ancient Egyptians, they they married siblings. It's disgusting, uh, you know, <laughs> and all because of this asinine idea that they are like chosen or like representatives of of the deities. It's asinine. Look at um, look at me going so yeah. like anti monarchist Jesus. But not not really. You're just anti incest monarch. Yeah, and that's reasonable, <laughs> isn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the night before the coronation, uh, Sir Stephen Darkhill of the King's Guard left the city with, amongst other things, the crown worn by Kings Jaehaerys and Viserys. Um, and Dragonstone, Rhaenyra learned about the death of her father and the betrayal of her siblings. Um, 
uh, anger made her go into labor, which lasted for three days and brought forth a stillborn, deformed girl whom Rhaenyra named Vicinia. Uh, Rhaenyra swore revenge. That's gonna be pretty grim. Uh, uh, yeah. Will they depict that? Like, I don't know. Probably, uh, yeah. probably, yeah. Um, I mean, for her character, it's going to be tragic, but it, it's oh, yeah. going to show her, yeah. you know, her, essentially, you know, they, they've not just like betrayed her, but they betrayed her father's memory as well. Mm. And and t- from her mind as well, a lot of the great lords have betrayed her because they, you know, in her mind, she was going to succeed her father. It's weird how it, it, what the show's going to do to kind of depict it. Are they going to kind of show like, kind of like, oh, we're going to feel more sympathy from an era than we do for the the high towers and the, you know, the children, the that. I, or I is it going to kind I of think, be kind um, of like the Because she does may, maybe really for like some characters more than others. Yeah, maybe because, we're going to feel sympathy for um, Alison's, but not Otto. No, no. I think Otto. We'll we'll get a scene of Alison and Otto where um, Otto Hightower is basically pushing her into marrying this like older man purely yeah. because Otto wants more power. Yeah, and he obviously he wants, um, it, as I said. His grandchildren to be kings, yeah. You know, it's, um, it, it is all for Otto. You know, it's for his house, the glory of yeah. House Height. So, Rhaenyra made her own council, Dragstone, called the Black Council, uh, who uh, consisted of uh, Damon, Uncle Husband, Damon, Uncle <laughs> uh, Husband, Jesus three eldest sons, uh, Lord Coit Valerion, and his wife, Princess uh, Rhaenyra. Uh, yeah. During the council, it was resolved that while Rhaenyra remained a dragon to regain her health, Damon and uh, obviously his dragon would travel to the Riverlands to make Harren Hall their base and rally, rally in support for those loyal to Rhaenyra. And fair enough, because Harren Hall is very like it is hard to take over Harren Hall, isn't it? Um, mm. Just with no with no dragons. Um, and also, it's in, a, it's in a very key spot in uh, the Riverlands, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a very strong defensive position. Yeah. It's very hard to um, to garrison, but once yeah. you control it, it's very hard to uh, to assail. Yeah. Um, as you say, yeah, it, it's center, so it, it can command a very strong base. Uh, additionally, it's in the center, so it commands, you know, all of the levies from the River Lords equally. You know. Plus, having a dragon perch there does, um, you know, is is an incentive to do what uh, what they say. Yeah, because you know, Harren Hall, as they know, it was created by dragons. Well, dragon fire. So having that dragon is a statement, but you know, by Damon, it's um, this this is when the war starts. You know, this is you know, the the blacks are maybe you know they they were delayed because they were um messages were not sent out to them so they learnt of the king's death um belatedly but they are proactive in in creating alliances throughout westeros yeah and you know, sending messages to, like the north even though they know like you know the starks are they going to get involved maybe not but worth not as much as, it's yeah. not as much as people going to think they are going to be and it's it's, it's 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 not a stark kind of base show or like story. I, I really. hope people don't go into it thinking we're gonna get like um Starks left, right, and center. No, we're not. We're this not. is Targs. This is know? why it's called House of the Dragon. It, yes. You know, yeah. It's yeah. it's not called the House of the Wolf, this is House of the Dragon. <laughs> um don't you, yeah. winter's coming. Winter is coming. Soon uh, the cardigan weather. <laughs> no. King of the North. 
Um, it was really northern then, wasn't it? Actually, talking about the Starks, so they they basically uh, who they yeah they basically um, they pledge itself to um, to Rhaenyra, don't they? Yeah, uh, how, yeah. How, and House Arryn, Tarly, uh, Valerion, and then Baratheon, Hightower, Lannister uh, swore their loyalty to Alicent. Alicent and Aegon. Yeah. Um, I think like um, the Lannisters did it because uh, you know the Greens had uh, Tillon Lannister prisoner, and you know Lord Jason is Tillon's twin, so it's an incentive to stay on on good terms with uh, the Greens. So that you know, that's why uh, the Lannisters sided with. Yeah. Them. Um, uh, would they have sided with the Blacks otherwise? Don't know, but um, yeah, it's it's it'd be interesting to see. Maybe not um, the Tyrells because they're you know they've been you know the Lords Paramount of the Reach for hundred years, but they, they still you know House Hightower is the truly influential house I think in the Reach. The 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 real power, you know. Um, so, um, Rhaenyra's crown queen, using the crown her father and great grandfather had worn, thanks to uh, Stefan Darkhill, uh, Darkling. Uh, Prince Damon placed a crown on Rhaenyra's head himself and was named protector of the realm. And Jacaris was officially named Prince of Dragonstone and heir to the Iron Throne. Mm. Jacarys... So, take from that what you will. You know, yeah. has Damon given himself that title? <laughs> He's called the Rogue Prince, but he is not. Uh, he he's a savage man, but he's not evil. He's not now, truly evil, is he? You no, know? no. He's a very conflicted individual. Now there is a track that was released as a single track released by Ra- uh, Ramin Jawadi as right. kind of like a teaser for House of Dragon, and it was called "The Prince That Was Promised." Ooh, okay. Now, who do you reckon that that's kind of aimed towards? Because I feel, I feel like it's Damon. Um, I don't know why. Part of me feels I like think, it's Damon. Um, but who was promised? I think we're going to get a prologue in the same vein as um, as Game of Thrones, uh, where it'll establish, it'll show maybe uh, Jaehaerys the Conciliator, the old yeah. king, talking to his heirs and revealing to them that they've always known that the White Walkers are going to come back. So it's it's the most important thing to keep the house together, you know, to keep the realm strong and prosperous in preparation for like the the old enemy returning. Is that is that what that's that's a rumor. That's that what the, that the Targaryens that that's the whole reason why Aegon um invaded and established the uh, the realm was because the, the he Walkers. knew that the enemy was going to come back eventually. So they needed to sort of like to you know um you know sort of like um a long game you know, sort of okay. like the. I, I I don't really think like that's what Martin was you know writing when he no, did the books, but I think no. it would be a, a nice thing for you know, it'd be tragic then, wouldn't it, to show that Jaehaerys wanted this you know this to work. He wanted the family to remain strong, you know, for a, a very altruist reason, you know, for they, the greater they... good. But they fail because they they, they they succumb to their human failings. I feel that's a bit of a risk, actually. Yeah. The White Walkers, they've come back. That's why they're keeping the thing. To, but this, this is more the idea of like the White, how the White Walkers kind of, you know, were defeated in season eight. 
Mm. Um, that's um, why that's part of the reason why that um, the long that long night um, spinoff was cancelled because it was kind of like well part of it's because it was it was going to be released straight after Game of Thrones season eight, but also it was kind of like ooh, the White Walkers the way they were handled season eight. But I feel but like it's apparently a bit... apparently the actual like um the the pilot was absolutely like st- stupid. It was so bad. Uh, that I think there's a lot of reasons why that show was yeah. risky kind of. Booed. I mean, we we'll never see it. That that no. that pilot will never see the light of day. Like no, the original no. uh, Game of Thrones pilot, they'll never release it unless no. what a, a true saint leaks it. Im- imagine seeing that unholy uh, pilot uh, and I refer to both by the way but um, yeah I mean if they do it right like what I was saying about like the, the White Walkers and the others if it, if it's done right it needs to be like perfect but do I really hope that it happens? No. But we're not we're not going to see the White Walkers in this. At oh all. God, no, no. But I feel it's a bit weird. Why would um, they name drop it just for? We'll like... we'll see some magic, I think. Oh yeah, M- misery. So um, Damon's mistress, uh, Misaria, is rumored to be like a, a sorcerer, like a um, what do, what do they call him? Like um, oh, like a, oh. a blood magician. Because they they say don't they that the, the the most dark the darkest most powerful magic is blood magic. Yeah, whether or not that's just like uh, calumnies, you know, whether it's just like outright lies and slander, we'll see. But there's also the actual magic with um, dragons. We got this. Will it be like kind of similar kind of like followers? No, of, um, maybe not because Melisandre is meant to be um, a shadow. She's her like title is a shadow binder. Yeah, she is a, a follower of uh, the, the Red God. And yeah. Mizaria is from Lys originally. Whether or not that's the case, we'll see. But um, uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Like we don't really learn that much about uh, Mizaria in the book, anyway. But um, you know, she'll be given a large role for the. Oh show, yeah, 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 and she's gonna have yeah. her own kind of like aim as well. Yeah, agency, this, uh, I think, especially. Yeah. But um, we'll definitely see fire magic. Oh yeah. Because oh, okay. the whole reason why they make such a big fuss about oh, there's no more magic in Game of Thrones is because they reckon it's because the dragons died out. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh... and it's only because the dragons have come back that magic is is now it's, it's returned to the world. Yeah, well, what they believe is magic, isn't it? So seeing you know how Targaryens, um, uh, how they sort of like um, what's the term? How they sort of like, um, you know, become one sort of like with their dragon mount. You know, the, what's the term sort of like to, or to bond, to, to bond with their dragon? Be quite interesting because we see something like um, it's like a, like a a pot, like a sort of like um, what do they call it? Like a motor. And when they open it, it's a, it's a dragon egg and it's on like a bed of like coals. So we, we'll see like whether they they have like established rituals of like what to do before dragon hatches and stuff like that. Oh, that's it, so it'd be cool. interesting to see. Yeah, whether you know they they do have knowledge of magic and whether like the alchemist skills will be in it again. Um, one thing I I try, I, I remembered now I forgot again. There's something which I really like to see, and I and I've actually I, oh, it was a good point and I've actually forgotten about it. Damn it. <laughs> 
can't see. Um, what, what what is the what is the big dragon skull? It's it uh, Beleriand in... the Black Dread. Yeah, because that's beating someone's of stills as well. Yeah, um, that is meant to be Aegon the Conqueror's dragon. Yeah, it it, it was so big that it could fit uh, a carriage with horses in its mouth hole, and its its fire was so hot and dark that it, it, it the flames were meant to be black. Yeah, like a big black oh dragon, God. the largest dragon on earth, and it, oh there was rumours that he was, it was um, when it was alive, it may have uh, been born in Valyria. So it was the last ever living thing to have seen Valyria in its prime. Oh, wow! But um, there is another rumour as well that um, in the books, some characters they they think it's it's like a conspiracy, like a rumour that it was the Meisters that destroyed the dragons. So I would like to see the Meisters in this. We we have um, Grand Meister Melos. So in Game of Thrones, it was uh, Pycelle, wasn't it? Pycelle, you got we Melos. We have uh, Melos in this. Yeah. We'll see other characters, uh, Meisters in the show. Uh, them formulating a plan to destroy the dragons of House Targaryen. Because a, a sane person will look at a dragon and think it's a monster. It is the medieval equivalent of a nuclear bomb, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it's, a it's, sane it's, person would want to get rid of it. It's it, in a way, it's it's like it's like something that like no no one can can we can they can't handle it. Like that's the thing. It's too, it's too powerful. Yeah. Like so, these learned people, the masters of the citadel, the, the rumor is that they are the ones. This is like true, like not not spoilers. It's very speculative in yeah. the books. They are the ones that killed the dragons by instigating this war. They are the real ones pulling the strings to cause the war so that knowing they'd use dragons to fight each other and dragons will die. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, spoilers now, this is not like anything to do with the dance. This is the outcome of the dance. Most of the dragons are dead. Yeah. Going forward, the dragons begin to die out. Yeah, because a lot of them that, are dead, and that—that's why they really like, as I said in, in the, the premise of the show, and what George R. R. Martin has said, like this is really where the the fall of the Targaryen house yeah. starts. Yeah, on this, you know, it had event. its golden age and the yeah. Harris, and now it's yeah, yeah, the star is falling. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. The the Meister conspiracy would be very cool to that'll, see. I think that would be very interesting. Because yeah. Uh, where are the maesters of the citadel based? Old Town. Old Town. And Otto, his house, High Towers, High Tower, yeah. is in Old Town. Yeah. And the Faith of the Seven at this time is also based in Old Town. <laughs> so, you know, the, the 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 Faith has regarded the Targaryens as unholy. They always hated the idea that, you know, they married brother to sister. And they use these monsters, these dragons. So what if there's like a cabal almost, and these are the ones that they pull in the strings? That would be fantastic if they actually established, they, they yeah. did that. Because in Game of Thrones, the Meisters are like a bit of a joke. They're just old men and they're like out of touch. And you know, like when you know, Sam is the voice of reason and they go to, he goes to them and they're all like stuck in their ways. So redeeming the Citadel in this series as like a very mysterious and very malevolent force intent on destroying House Targaryen would be quite interesting, I think. That's my big like hope for this show. 
But sure, it's definitely like in the way I see it is it's gonna be what Game of Thrones is. Like you kind of got like so you got like this big conflict that's gonna involve everybody. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to use it in you know, order to further to, to get their own gain, whether that is positions of power, etc., etc. Yeah, like I said, the Mises maybe like they're using it as a way of kind of like vanquish, kind of like uh, you know, be, 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 you know, dragons from the world and stuff like that. This is going to be a conflict that is going to really involve everybody, and it in a, in a side we're getting friends, except we know the outcome. Um, yep. that's really it. I mean, we I don't want to go talk about winter winter, but obviously we know what happens in the in the show, the outcome of Game of Thrones in the show, but until we get Dream of Spring and Winter Winter, we have one we hopes. Have no, one hopes, yeah, yeah. But that's I mean I don't start tan tangent yeah. on winter winter. I think this is the um, future though. This is the future of like the story of like Song of Ice and Fire is yeah Ma- Martin, you know getting these people who he trusts to write stories which although then it's not 100% his writing it's his yeah. insights and his vision of Westeros and the wider world as well um i think that's that's the future and i think he's realized that as well going forward because it was um, like um uh, conlon condal or something is the main showrunner for this um oh yeah yeah, uh, what's his name? Um, he he has been uh, on board with something like this, you know, like this show um, for years. He first met uh, Martin like years ago for a dinner where they wanted to discuss certain things. So they, they've well, been talking about this for ages. Well, yeah, so pretty much this was around, around the time where obviously season eight was ending and then HBO was like, oh, we want to like kind of, you know, this is the most successful TV show ever. We want to kind of bank more on it. So obviously it's kind of like, oh, what can we do? And so, oh, you can look at the the, the the original, the Long Night. You can look at like, you know, the the Targaryens and their history, Aegon's conquest and stuff like that. So I think it was around about a lot of people were coming up with ideas. And um, a lot of people came up with ideas. And then I think um, uh, Ryan Condor was one that we spoke to George R. Martin. And I think he pitched this to HBO as well. Yeah. Um I mean and I think this is really how you do a really good prequel, in my opinion. This is where you should go for prequels. Um and obviously after this yeah. long night kind of spin off. Yeah. But I this think- this is what you need to do, don't you? You need to yeah, like get something which it's quite familiar to you know mm. to, the, to the, the existing fan base. Yeah. So the you know, the sort of diehards are on board. The people who were into the show were on board, um, and it's it's new and fresh, and it has like the star appeal of like certain characters, you know, like um, Matt Smith, um, to bring in new blood, you know, to bring in yeah. new fans. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's a good model. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not holding my breath. You know, I I'm pos- I'm cautiously optimistic for the show. I I want it to work. From what I've seen, I like, but then again, I haven't seen the show yet, so I. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm trying like not to like sound like a, a hater because you, you know I mean you, you know and like I think everyone listening would know like I'm really into like the books so I I want this to work because I, I need more this content in my life you know because the books probably aren't going to come out so I I need something else you know an alternative I guess 
yeah, that's that's my pretty that's that's my like thing. Um, so I mean, I think we've kind of covered it. Well, I brought our wrap up a little bit, um, kind of a nice little kind of conclude, like kind of set up yeah. basically what happens. We're not going to cover obviously Dance Dragons, but there's still a little bit to kind of touch on and kind of like the events that lead up to it. Uh, so, so, uh, declaring Sir Otto Hightower and Queen Alicent traitors, uh, Rhaenyra allowed for a half sibling to be forgiven if they would bend the knee. Upon hearing these developments, King Aegon II declared Rhaenyra and Daemon traitors as well. Um, uh, with the eldest, no, after we say by mother Alice, Alicent and sister Helena, Aegon dispatched Grand Maester Orwell to Dragonstone with uh, Retinue under a peace, peace banner offering Rhaenyra generous terms, but was refused. Um, not long after, but not before swearing on the seven point star to go only as messengers, not knights, did Rhaenyra's sons depart. Uh, with the elders, Jacaris visiting the Arends of the Eyrie, the Mandolin to White Harbour, and the Starks of Winterfell, Rhaenyra's second son, Lucarius. Uh, uh, Lucarius. Yeah, Lucarius. Yeah. Uh, I'm so awful with his name, but do apologize, everybody. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's going to like, you know. No, how dare, you, how dare you insult my uh, Valyrian names? <laughs> so they travel the storm's end. Um, so yeah, so aim, uh, believing to allies in the Riverlands who were only waiting for a place to gather, Prince Damon decided to conquer Harrenhal as a base using his dragon Quaxis. Um, but Lord Larry's clubfoot, you mentioned clubfoot, didn't you? Um, yeah, Laris, yeah, yeah, served as Aegon II's master whisperers in King's Landed. His great uncle, the elderly Sir Simon Strong, served as Laris's Castellian at Harrenhal. Prince Damon flew on his dragon to the top of Harrenhal's King's Spire Tower, where Harren the Black had died. And Harren the Black was a dragon that, uh, uh, was no, uh, Harren uh, the Black was, um, he was the king that made Harren. Oh, yeah, and, that's it. And he, he it. was killed uh, in the castle because of the fire. That's it, yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, recording the burn of Harrenhal by Aegon Targaryen and Beleriand the Black Dread, which had extinguished House Ho- uh, Hoa. Uh, yeah, Hoa, yeah. Hoa. Simon decided to strike his balance and surrender the great ruined castle to Daemon. Simon and his grandsons were among a dozen hostages taken by Daemon. And the blacks requisitioned the wealth of House Strong. The loss in Howl Hall shocked Aegon II and encouraged the blacks soon after one at the Burning Mill and Stonehenge. Uh, House Blackwood and other overlords gathered at Howl Hall, which is where Damon approved of, okay, approved of blood and cheese to avenge the death of Rhaenyra's son. Um, but something else. And yeah. We'll I will talk about that. that when talk about uh, that. Yeah. yeah, that's a season two talk. Um, <laughs> when Damon learned that Sir Chris and Cole and Prince Aemon Targaryen had left King's Landing to retake Hall, the Blacks abandoned the castle and the Rivermen marched to meet the Western men, the Western men of Lord Jason Lannister, the Red Red Fork. While Crimson and Aemon retook Hall without bloodshed, their absence contributed to the fall of King's Landing to Damon and Rhaenyra. Um, yeah, so. This is now going to kind of start of the conflict now. So really, it was um, Hamilton Hall was the taken Hamilton Hall really was the first kind of like proper face to face combat 
um, of the Dance of Dragons. Yeah. And I think that's a really good uh, point to end, really. So, I mean, we've had, we, we did kind of speak over kind of like a uh, little bit of the events of Dance of Dragons, but I mean, if you want to do your own reading, I mean, people, if you want to know about Blood and Cheese, go ahead. Um, you'd be very, that'd be some very something interesting to They're the about. best characters in the show. Best characters in the whole show, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for Mushroom. We have <laughs> so, Mushroom, actually. You're obsessed with Mushroom. I don't think he's, a, I don't, he's an important character. I don't think the cast is dwarf in the show. He's a, he's very important in the book. He's he's like one of the main sources for I everything that happens. I do not think he's going to be in it. But know. he he's the one that like anything salacious, anything that, like um you know affairs, murder, poisonings, anything like that, it's from um, Mushroom. So if that happens in the show, they purposely omitted my man Mushroom. And it's like, he only pretends to be like, sort of like, um, mentally sort of like, um, you know, like, he has sort of like, um, uh, you know, like disabilities. He, he's, he does that like to survive. He pretends that he's like, um, oh, what's the term? Sort of like, you know, like uh, an imbecile. He's, mm. he's extremely intelligent, but we shall see what happens. Just pour, just put um, what's his face in it. You're gonna what? What Peter Dinklage? Yeah, <laughs> you're. I can see you put like one star of this and be like, no, yeah, no, no mushroom, thingy. no mushroom. Only the only the only the diehard fans will get that reference. So. Yeah, um, no mushroom. But, but yeah, I think we covered everything really. So we covered, you know, like uh, the reigns of Jaehaerys, Viserys, and the lead up to. The Dance of Dragons, the taking of Howard Hall by uh, Prince Damon, and kind of discussions about what we think is going. We're going to see. I think this season is going to be a big, big build up. We might get a bit of the first conflicts. I mean, it's going to be like um, a lot of like flash, flashing back and forward. I think. Yeah, yeah. You no, know? um, yeah, it's just going to be setting up. So like, you have to think like the first season of Game of Thrones. Like, yeah, it is purely like you know. Because the, these characters need to be set up, you know, we've never yeah. seen them before on on screen. So yeah, it kind of made, I don't expect like yeah, world ending scenarios, you know. And if you think, if you eat, and as the words of um, Ramsey's uh, Bolton, if you think this has a happy ended, not be paying attention. Yeah, yeah, this is not ha- <laughs> this event yeah. has not got a happy ending. Yeah, um, let's just say there aren't going to be any hobbits like returning to the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> there's not no, going to be. There's, uh, there's not going to be many people be next left. Uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, that nice, nice little the segue half, onto next. The, yeah. the, the Hartfords, not hobbits. Whatever they call them, they're meant to be hobbits. I, I don't get. Uh, I don't think we're going to touch hobbit, uh, hobbits. I mean, they're not in the Second Age as, as much. They're um, not. They just added them purely for fan service. <laughs> oh, oh well. Oh, well, That's well, Jeff he's... Bezos going like, "Oh no, where are the hobbits? I I needs me some hobbit action." <laughs> That's probably why, like, they put the some of those like um, intimacy um, coordinators in it. Need they need to show how the hobbits sort of like you know uh, populated the Shire? Oh, God's sake! <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Nah. I, 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 hey, Lenny Henry's game for anything. Jeez. Oh, um... <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you, everybody, for and on that bombshell. On that bombshell, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'm going Well, uh, I'm. Thank, uh, thank everybody for listening. I mean, this is gonna come out. 
<laughs> tomorrow, well, tomorrow, which would be the day first episode of House of Dragon airs. Yeah. Um, so wait. I'm going to be up quite early to watch it, UK time, 2 a.m., whilst you are starting a new, new job, so you can't afford to do that. Yeah. And I'll try and not spoil you spoil it for you. Oh, please all. don't. Um, but, I mean, we've got 10 weeks of this, and then we're going to have a do our own House of Dragon review. So I'm, look, I'm looking forward to uh, covering that as well, seeing what, if there's been any changes to the source material, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and uh, as uh, uh, we said earlier, we are going to be covering um, the second age of Tolkien's Middle Earth, in obviously as a prelude to um, the Rings of Power. So, uh, for your for your Tolkien fans who are going to be covering everything happening in the second age from uh, the rise and fall of Numenor, the crafting of the Rings of Power, the War of the Last Alliance, and um, the populating of the Shire, and the populating of the Shire. Yes. Yeah. With Lenny um, Henry. With Lenny Henry. <laughs> oh, God. I'm actually going to be disappointed if I don't see that now. Honestly. Oh, well. Let's let's look forward to that, if anything. you know. I'm looking forward to seeing, like... You you could look forward to seeing Lenny Henry repopulating the Shire. I'm looking forward to seeing Sauron being as powerful as he's ever been. Because... Yeah, in this, like, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be class. Seeing, like, I mean, how the rings I mean, reading up, reading up on it, I mean, yeah, there's gonna be some pretty, I mean, reading up on kind of like some of the yeah. stuff that happens. I'm like, they're gonna go. I, I'm sure there's gonna be, be loads dark. of like, you know, oh, context, like these YouTube videos of like, oh, what happened in the Second Age? You know, watch yeah. this. You watch Rings of Power. Yeah, I mean, or just a very direct, uh, kind of link to our podcast. Yeah, do that. Listen to our stuff, please. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. Remember, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can follow us on many platforms, including uh, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, Amazon Music, and many more. Um, I'm your host, Reese Bolton, signing off. And I'm your host, Reese John, signing off. And we will see you on the next Hoffy Coffee Cast. And remember, winter is coming. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hoffy Coffee Cast. But before we end, me and Reese want to thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like, follow, share and review. In addition to tell your friends, family and fellow nerds and coffee lovers about our content. We both enjoyed talking about these topics. And with your help, we can strive to be bigger and better and bring out much more to our fans and listeners. I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And we'll see you on the next Hoffee Coffee Cast. Take care and goodbye. Bye.